TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to let you know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Over 2 million men worldwide have joined the movement for all their below-the-waist needs. Engineers for the last 18 months have perfected the greatest hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can choose the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other items by going to manscaped.com and you can also save 20% by using the promo code State of Saints. That's manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints and save 20% on the Lawnmower 3.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Hoodat Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. And we're going to be talking about uh, some of the needs that the Saints can address in the first round of the draft. But I want to say thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your routine, your daily routine. And, uh, you know, this is a topic that we've kind of talked about. You know, every now and then we'll have an uh, individual that want, want to talk about a draft uh, question or make a draft comment. But um, as far as the 2021 season is concerned, we haven't really addressed it as a show topic. Uh, I talked a little bit about, you know, what I feel like the Saints need to do a couple of weeks back, but we never really went in depth, um, you know, about my thoughts and my views about, you know, what I feel about uh, the New Orleans Saints and what direction uh, they need to go in in round number one. Uh, so uh, the topics or the, the, the names that I'm going to come up with are, are individuals that from one time or another, I've heard someone ask me about. Uh, they want us to draft. Okay. These are individuals that I had opportunity uh, that I, I took some time and um, I did a little research and also looked at some of the footage um, that includes uh, some of their games, uh, some of their best games, some of their worst games, and, you know, some of the highlights as well. And there are four people or four players uh, that I feel like the New Orleans Saints uh, should look at in the first round. All right. Uh, I think it's come to no surprise who that nation comes to no surprise um, that the New Orleans Saints, they need help on the defensive side of the ball. This NFL draft. 
you know, they need help at linebacker. They need help at cornerback. Uh, there's a need for help at the pass, pass rest position as well. But what should the Saints do in the first round of playoffs? The four names that I came up with that I feel like are attainable, uh, that the Saints can possibly get, are three cornerbacks and one linebacker. All right, these three cornerbacks are Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, and you have Asante Samuel out of Florida State. And at the linebacker position, you have out of Tulsa, you have Zayvon Collins. Now, this is based on what I looked at, okay? Like I said, I took the time out to really look at these four guys, to evaluate these four guys, because I wanted to make sure when I'm, I'm talking about them, I want to give you all an idea about, you know, what I really truly feel about them. I don't want to just be based on what I heard from Bucky Brooks or Ty McShay or Mel Kuyper. I wanted to give you, like, my real opinion about what I think about these guys. I'm going to go ahead and start with J.C. Horn, man. J.C. Horn, who a lot of people consider as the top-rated cornerback in NFL draft. He stands six foot one, 205 pounds. He's the biggest one of the group, right? Um, he's a very... He's a very physical guy, okay? Um, when we're talking about man-to-man coverage, he's a guy that you can kind of leave out there, and he's going to battle, and he's going to fight, okay? He's going he's gonna to battle till the whistle blows from the start of the game to the end of the game. And that's something that I, that was very, 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 like, you know, like painstakingly obvious to me. But one thing I feel like J.C. Horn needs to work on is his tackling. Uh, I, I think that he is physical out there, like when he's battling these wide receivers. But when it's time for him to come up and maybe, you know, get a tackle, whether it be a wide receiver screen or, you know, help and run support, I feel like he kind of suffers in that regard. I think that he's in his element when he's out there one on one on the island with whatever the best the offense has to offer when it comes to the wide receiver. But I do think that he needs some help when it comes to the tackling. Now, He's a big physical guy. You know, like I said, he's he's the tallest of, of the crew. And he has good size on him, 205 pounds for a corner. That's pretty big. All right. So uh I understand why uh you know the Saints will want him. I understand why uh Saints fans will want the Saints to want him, but in reality, I don't see JC Horn uh being there at 28. And I really feel like the Saints would have to really do some things in order for them to move up a couple spots closer to even try to acquire this guy. Like this guy might, this my guy might even be in the top 10 from what I've seen. Okay. Because the way that he plays and, and how he's able to go up against some of those bigger body receivers, the, those receivers that, that, you know, that are really, really good. And what the NFL uh, really is starting to produce these days, Jay-Z Horn is definitely going to be on somebody's priority list. So, I don't see J.C. Horn being there uh, when the Saints pick unless something like really happens. Like he just had a, a bad showing, bad interviews. And we all know that those NFL teams, they like to whisper and say what they found out about players. And it makes other teams skeptical about grabbing those guys. All right. So J.C. Horn, I don't feel like he's going to be there. Uh, the next person uh, is Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Greg Newsom is of six feet. He's 190 pounds. He's a he's a lengthy guy. He has long arms. He's able to stretch himself out, you know, in order to bat those uh, balls away. 
he's not afraid, you know, to come up and, and tackle. And he reminds me a lot of Marshawn Lattimore. That's a good thing. But there's also a bad thing. He reminds me of Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore can sometimes become disinterested and sometimes he can call it, cause himself to get beat because he's lost in the, lost in the lights or he, he doesn't, you know, really rise to the occasion when he goes up against certain competition. Uh, Greg, News, Greg Newsom is a guy that, you know, he, he never stopped battling, okay? When the ball's in the air, one thing that stood out to me was the fact that he never panicked. Like, no matter if the, the wide receiver was in front, you know, behind him, he never panicked, okay? I seen one play where a quarterback threw the ball uh, towards the sidelines to the, the right, you know, the right sidelines uh, for his receiver, you know, and it, it could have easily been a touchdown, right? It was it was in the red zone. And the wide receiver caught the ball. But Greg Newsom, you know, didn't panic at all. He just pushed the guy out of bounds. He realized that the guy did, you know, the guy beat him on a play, but he had the last lap by pushing him out of bounds. Also seen another play where a wide receiver had the ball in his hands, and Greg Newsom just didn't panic again. He just knocked the ball away. So I like his poise. I like the fact that he's a smart football player. He's an instinctive football player, and, he, and he's always thinking, right? But the thing about it is, like I said, sometimes he can become disinterested. And because he becomes disinterested, yeah, I mean, it's most likely that he can be beat. Now, can this stuff be fixed? Absolutely. I feel like with the right coaching, I feel like with the, with the right mindset, when, when you surround yourself with those veterans that he needs to surround himself with, he can become a better, uh, you know, better cornerback and he can really just stay dialed in. So do I think Greg Newsom is going to be there when the Saints pick? Probably not. The Saints will probably have to move up a couple spots just to get him. But I feel like he will be there a little bit later in the draft than J.C. Horn will. So I feel like the Saints, uh, in my opinion, um, should go after Greg Newsom if they can. Like if they're at 28 and let's just say, for example, you know a team is des- in desperate need or most likely they're going to draft a cornerback, you might want to jump in front of them in order for you to get Greg Newsom. okay? Uh, pinned in the right situation. I don't think that you need to move heaven and earth, you know, to try to get him, you know, if it's going to cost you down the line. All right, but I, I definitely feel like he would be a good fit for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think that you'll have a good dynamic between him and Marshawn Lattimore. And uh, like I said, with the right coaching, you know, under Chris Richard, he can really be a really good cornerback. So that's Greg Newsom. Uh, the next one is Asante Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr., 5'10", 185 pounds. We know his lineage, right? We know his father, Asante Samuel, played in the league for a long time, was a shutdown corner, was a guy who was really, really good in, in his own right. Uh, one thing I like about Asante Samuel is his ball instincts, all right? Um, if he's anywhere around the ball, he catches it, okay? I don't, I don't care. How funny the ball looks. It was batted up in the air. He's going to come down with it. Uh, there were some plays that I've seen where uh, he had to stretch out to catch interceptions. Uh, it, it, it was, you know, it was something to watch. And also, he's not afraid to tackle, man. He has he has really good lower body strength, okay? He has a, a small frame up top, but, you know what I'm saying, down, down low in his thighs and his legs, you know what I'm saying, he's a much larger guy. So that helps with the explosiveness, you know, like when you need to, you know, attack that wide receiver. He's not afraid to stick his head in and make that tackle. And I feel like that's something that you definitely need uh, in the secondary. You need a cornerback that can tackle. Like, it's all good that you got a guy that can shut, shut 
the you know shut a receiver down, shut half of the field down. But if a guy can't tackle, uh, you're going to have yourself some problems. So he's not afraid to get his hands dirty, and he's definitely instinctive when it comes to being around the football. Uh, Sante Samuel, I feel like will be there at 28 because a lot of people uh, feel like you know there are certain techniques uh, that he needs to work on. His eye discipline needs to get a little bit better. Uh, they probably feel like he needs to get a little bit uh, stronger up top. But nevertheless, uh, I think that he will be there around number 28. And I feel like the New Orleans Saints need to get him. Like if I'm if I'm if I'm breaking things down, okay, I would say Greg Newsom would be the first priority. And then you'll have Asante Samuel as the second priority. That that's if we're talking about cornerbacks here. All right. But if if you think that Greg Newsom is is going to be taken and you want to aggressively move up, you make the phone call and the deal is too rich for your blood, then you hang up the phone and say, okay, the Sante Samuel Jr. is still out there, okay? So I feel like he would be the next best option outside of Greg Newsom. So I would definitely like to see a Sante Samuel in a Saints uniform. I think that he can grow to be, uh, you know, a really good solid cornerback. Uh, do I feel like he can be a shutdown corner? Probably not, uh, but I do feel like he can he can be a very formidable uh, multi-time Pro Bowl uh, you know, cornerback. And I think sometimes like we think when we look at cornerbacks, we think that they got to shut down half of the field, but that's not always the case. It's about being where you need to be. It's about, you know, being able to know how to tackle uh, and, and, and having good play recognition. And he has all those things and he, and he's going to get better. And, you know, once he, uh, you know, starts to get his grown man body, uh, I feel like that's when he's going to start uh, really making some noise and, you know, he's a solid player, man, and I, I think he's one of those guys that would fit in really, really well with the secondary of the New Orleans Saints. And finally, uh, we got linebacker uh, Zayvon Collins. <sighs> Who that nation – look, I, I'm just being 100 with y'all, okay? I understand the league that we're in right now, right? It's a pass-happy league. Everybody needs to throw the football. Everybody wants to throw the football and – wild a crowd and everybody wants that quarterback that throws the ball all over the field. So you need cornerbacks. But if the saints still had Jack rabbit James, if the saints uh, call somebody up and I felt like could have been a formidable, uh, you know, a replacement for Jack rabbit, maybe if they would have got TJ carry, or maybe if they got a Richard Sherman, this is the guy that I feel like strongly should be with the new Orleans saints. As a matter of fact, if they were to draft this guy over a cornerback, I won't be mad at him. I'm telling y'all right now, this dude flies off the screen. Like, this, like if you ever seen this guy or haven't seen this guy, do yourself a favor and go watch him. When I was watching this guy footage, when I was watching this guy in a game, this guy is like a man among boys out there. I, I'm just being 100. This guy is a man among boys. Like, it's like... Everybody out there, you know what I'm saying, is playing at half speed, and this guy's playing at full speed. This dude is, like, all over the field. This guy's catching interceptions. He's sacking a quarterback. He's in the backfield uh, tackling the running backs. I mean, the dude is basically like a Tasmanian devil. And I, I, I've said this before in the State of the Saints podcast, and I, I, I believe this wholeheartedly. I feel like the New Orleans Saints never had that that – sideline to sideline linebacker that they drafted. We seen it in Carolina with Luke Kinkley. We see it in Atlanta when Debo Jones, when he's healthy. 
We see it with Devin White and Levante David and even Quan Alexander when he was there. This guy, to me, if this guy is available and the Saints draft him, I would not be mad at all. This won't be a Cesar Ruiz type thing going on here. This dude is special. Like, seriously, this dude is a very, very special player. It don't take much for me to, you know what I'm saying, to realize that. The dude is the best, to me, to me, looking at what, from what I've seen, this dude is special. Like, seriously, like, you, this dude was catching interceptions. <laughs> this man <laughs> returning interceptions for touchdown. This guy tackling running back for safeties. And like I say, he just all over the field. And it's no surprise why Jeff Ireland flew out to try to talk to this guy at his pro day because he, he's a smart player. I can see this dude down the line like being uh, all pro. I can see this dude down the line being a leader on somebody's team. And like I and, and like I said, if the Saints didn't need a cornerback, and I felt like it was a, a guy in need, which I feel like it is right now, this is the guy. And even if they they say, you know what, I think you know what I'm saying we could probably you know go later on and maybe you know and get get a cornerback later in the draft, maybe in the second round. I wouldn't even be mad. Zayvon Collins to me is better than all these players I just named. I'm serious. J.C. Horn. I feel like he's better than Greg Newsom, and I feel like he's better than Asante Samuel Jr. As a football player, I know they're different positions, but you're talking about a guy who I feel like will make an immediate impact. They make an immediate impact when they hit the field. Xavier Collins would be it. Like that, that, that's just what it is, right? That, that's my main choice. Like that, well, I, I watched this dude. I probably watched maybe like an hour and a half, two hours uh, of this dude's footage. Good games and bad games. His worst games weren't even that bad. I'm serious, man. And and there wasn't really too many bad games to choose from. This guy can be like a Khalil Mack, Von Miller type player. That's, that's my honest opinion. He is my number one choice. Greg Newsom, as far as the cornerback position, he would be my number one choice. But if the Saints get Xavier Collins, trust and believe, I would not be mad at that decision at all. But those are my picks, man. Those are some of the people or some of the players that you all wanted me to to evaluate a lot of those names came up. I feel like all, all those guys can be difference makers, but if you ask me, Zayvon Collins would be the biggest difference maker. But let's go ahead and uh, answer some of your questions. Uh, let's, let's go to uh, Mar- Marcello. He says the LSU fans and me wants Marshall in the first and Cox in the second. But if the Saints uh, get Collins, if, if Collins is there, then you take him. Uh, if not, draft the cornerback and still – can possibly get Cox in the second round or third. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, you address the most important need, you know, but sometimes the Saints don't work like that. That That's one thing that, you know, the Saints don't do. Like, you know, if they're not in love with a player, they don't draft, you know, like, and Sean Payton has said this on, on numerous occasions. He's like, sometimes people want you to address the position, but if you're not in love with the player, and sometimes, you know, you don't know if that player will be able to fit into what you're actually doing. So what they do is they get the player that they're in love with. Um, for example, back in 2017, the Saints were in love with Patrick Mahomes, right? They wanted Patrick Mahomes. And they also were in love with Marshawn Lattimore, right? Marshawn wasn't supposed to be there. Like any mock draft you've seen back in 2017, uh, Marshawn Lattimore was like going to the Bears or going to the Jets. Right. He was supposed to be a top five pick. 
he fell in, in a draft due to like, you know, injury concerns, like him having hamstring issues and what have you. So the Saints were really in love with him as well. So they couldn't get Patrick Mahomes because Kansas City moved up and got him. So they decided to draft Marshawn Lattimore. That's the way you're supposed to do it. You know, so if a guy that you're not in love with isn't there, you know, go with the guy that you're in love with instead of the guy that's the best available at that particular time. Because even though a guy is the best available at this time, don't mean that he's going to fit into your scheme. And maybe he won't be a good fit what you're trying to do. So that that's that's very important. I'm going to scroll down. Let's go with Mocha. Mocha says, ain't Asante Sanders Jr. a zone corner? Uh, no, nah, not, not really. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not really a zone corner. Um, he, he's a, he's a guy that can play both, you know, he can play outside as well as the zone. So, uh, he, he's a, man, he a good tackle. He is above average tackle. He, he probably the better tackler than, uh, you know, JC Horn and Greg Newsom is. Uh, so he can't play outside, but like I said, um, you know, a lot of people might be concerned about his, his stature, you know what I'm saying, as far as his, uh, you know, his upper body strength. You know, going up against those much larger wide receivers, it might give him some fits. Now, he might be able to go with the Scotty Millers of the world, you know, the Julian Edelmans, those those smaller guys. But I think, like, those larger size guys might give him fits at the beginning of his career. That, I mean, that's just what I've seen. But he can't play outside, and you can't coach him up, and he can't get stronger, get in the weight room, and get a little bit more physical. I think that you can develop him in the right system. Yes, TJ, uh, the background picture is fire. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Strong, baby. Yeah, Mario, what's going on, man? Yeah, man, that guy Zayvon Collins behind me. I mean, it should have been pretty obvious who I thought was the best player. I mean, Stewart is special, man. Like, I- I'm serious. Like, it- it- I-, I was, I mean, look, like I said, I went half for watching this guy two hours. He's special, man. Like, I, I can't even, I can't even lie about that. He's one of those guys, if, if the Saints give up a first-round draft pick to try to move up, uh, I wouldn't be mad at it. This is a guy that I feel like can change the fortune of your, your organization down the line. He's going to be a guy, as long as he stay healthy, he's going to be a guy that can change the game. And I think this is something that the Saints needed for a long time, a guy that they drafted uh, that can come in and be, you know, make an immediate impact. And, of course, you're probably going to have some rookie growing pains, but as he develops and as the weeks go by, like you're going to see this guy just come off your screen. Seriously. Would love to have J.C. Horn, but he'll be gone before I pick. Also, would love to have uh, J.O.K., uh, but uh, he may be gone. But other than that, would love to have uh, Nick Bolton or Zayvon Collins or Greg Newsom, uh, uh, Jamin Smith or Eric Stokes. Uh, those are some good picks, Dalton. You know, no doubt about it. But to me, like I'm telling you, that Zayvon Collins is my choice. Like that, that is my choice. If he's there, um, you 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 grab him. You know, if if you you if you feel like you need a cornerback more so than Zayvon Collins, I understand that. But I don't even think it's a no brainer. You know, what I'm saying if this guy is here, okay. But I mean, I'm not in the organization. I understand about the cornerback need. It's important. This is the only explanation that I would accept as a Saints fan if the Saints don't get a cornerback in the first round. I'm glad my notification works. Yeah, me too, man. I'm glad. Uh, unless you have prime time in the secondary, 21 wasn't worried about tackling. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing, man. Um, Jules, during that time, people weren't really like, um, you know, people weren't really like, uh, you know, counting on their cornerbacks to be short tacklers like that. You know, they, they, they really relied on their linebackers to be able to tackle those running backs during those times, you know, and Deion Sanders, he was a shutdown corner. When he threw the football, man, you know, he knocked the, you know, he knocked the ball away, you know what I'm saying? He was good at that. So you had a, a lot of those times where, you know, man, you ain't expect for no cornerback to go out there and be the best tackler on your team. But I mean, for what he didn't do, I mean, he made up for it with, with great talent, but these days, the way that they throw the ball, uh, to as much as they do now, I mean, they didn't throw it like that when Dion was playing. If you can't tackle, like it's going to be really, really obvious, and you can really, really hurt the team. Like Dion didn't really hurt the team like that, you know what I'm saying? Because there wasn't too many explosive plays unless you was playing like the Dolphins or something like that back in the day. A lot of this stuff was kind of similar to you know what we were seeing from the New Orleans Saints later on. You know, a lot of nickel and diamond. Uh, you know, it wasn't too many uh, 20, 30-yard bombs being thrown during that time. A lot of fundamental stuff right there. Troy says, I'm looking at Samuel as our pick. Newsom won't uh, be available at 28. I, I, like I said, uh, you know, if he's – let's just say, for example, if it's 25 or something like that, right, and you think that a team at 25 really needs a corner and, you, and you're in love with Greg Newsom, then make a phone call. And like I said, if it's too rich for your blood, then just be like – Nah, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? I think I'll just see, you know, see what else is out there. Already read that. Will Asante Samuel Jr. break F's, uh, Florida State curse uh, if he gets drafted by the Saints? Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even know that uh, Florida State had a curse. I didn't even know that. What, what curse What curse does uh, Florida State have? Does it, does it come in a form of like what, cornerbacks? Are we talking about Patrick Robinson here? Was that a shot at Patrick Robinson? Or, you know, are they having bad luck with Florida State players? Because if that's the case, I'm going to have to disagree because I think Cam Akers is a really good football player out there in Los Angeles. Zayvon Collins, Newsom, Samuel makes too much sense. Why Sean P. go lineman at pick 28? No one saw Ruiz coming last year or McCoy in 2019. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I kind of saw... Uh, the Eric McCoy uh, thing coming because of, uh, you know, Max Unger. You know, I, I kind of saw that, you know, Max Unger was a, a, a huge uh, piece of the success on offensive line for the Saints. And when he retired, you had a really uh, a huge hole, you know, like so drafting Eric McCoy wasn't really too much of a surprise. Um, Cesar Ruiz was a surprise to me, you know, because I was like, OK, but when the more I think about it, it made a lot of sense. Uh, you had Larry Warford, who was going to be making about eight or nine million dollars. Uh, you were trying to save money. You draft his replacement. You have a guy coming in on a rookie deal. So it made sense uh, in hindsight. But um, yeah, but at the same time, man, look, I, uh, I, I really feel like they know what they need. They they know what they need. I mean, and they got to address it. They they got to address it. And Maybe they're in love with certain players. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they, like, see a player that they actually like. I mean, I, I can appreciate that with the Saints. You know, they don't just go crazy over a guy that we as fans, like, expect for them to get. They always trust their instincts. And for the most part, for the last couple of years, they've been right. So I'm not going to second guess what they're doing 
in the front office because, I mean, honestly, they've proven that they know what they're doing. Uh, but, look, you got you you got to draft a linebacker or a cornerback in the first round. You, I mean, you you just got to. Like, you can't be around this thing lollygagging around. Like, I understand they got some good wide receivers out there. And, and yes, you know what I'm saying, they got some good solid quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, like, you need – you need positions that need to be filled right now and getting these young players in here, getting them drafted guys that can help you sustain success. That is important. Okay. You can't be messing around with positions that you already have to be filled or you have guys that are formidable enough in order for them to play those positions where it, it won't really just be so obvious that this position is lacking, which you like, if, you go out here, what you have right now, it's going to be obvious that those positions are lacking. Linebacker and cornerback. It's going to be obvious. So you you got to address that. Collins is good, has speed for his size too. Yeah, I mean, he does. Like I say, he be flying all over the field. I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen, I haven't seen highlights like that since last time I evaluated Khalil Mack when he was coming out of college. Like that's the last time I seen somebody like just flying around like that. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Khalil Mack. He is my favorite linebacker in the entire draft. Yeah, Zavin. Yeah, we need cover linebacker. I mean, that's that's what Zavin does. Zavin not only can he sack the quarterback, not only can he tackle the running back, but he can cover too. You know, he, if you have if you have guys that can do that, you, you got something, and, and and that's what you need now. You know, linebackers. They need to know how to cover tight ends and running backs now because, you know, you have these running backs that can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield too, like the Camaras and, and, and the McCaffreys. And especially playing in this division, you I mean, you got guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield like Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, Troy says, I wouldn't be mad if we got Collins Duke and flat out ball. Yeah, I mean, that would be the only explanation for me. Anything else, uh, you know, I'd be scratching my head. If the Saints go lineman or only lineman, I want an offense is Tevin Jenkins. Go watch this dude film. Oh, my God, dude, a beast. Well, I'll check it out. You know, I'll check it out uh, once the show is over. I'm always open to seeing, uh, you know, some some talent I haven't really been paying that much attention to. We're going to be coming up soon, man, on, uh, you know, the State of the Saints podcast uh, draft board. You know, talk about the mock draft. Uh, Normally, I do it every single year where I break down who I feel like the Saints uh, should draft, uh, who I feel like they're going to draft. So we're going to be having a show like that coming up real soon. And, of course, we're going to be uh, having a uh, NFL draft live reaction show uh, that's going to be taking place on draft night. So uh, this will be the second annual event. Uh, we had it last year. We watched the draft from start to finish, live reactions. So – if, if you're not doing anything on draft night, feel free to stop over on the State of the Saints podcast channel and enjoy the NFL draft with us. What everyone's dream scenario for round one and two? Uh, dream dream scenario for me in round one um, would be linebacker or corner, okay? Uh, second round, vice versa, right? So if you draft a linebacker in the first round, get a cornerback in the second. If you draft a cornerback in the first, uh, draft a linebacker in a second, okay? In that order, I feel like that's, that's the help that you need. Chris says, a good model is don't draft for need. Always draft the player you love. Otherwise, it's like putting a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, 
And, and you know, I think us as fans sometimes, uh, you know, we get upset because when we see our favorite team and we know what they've been lacking and we know the guys that we've been pointing at and been mad at the entire season because they ain't getting the job done and finally the season is over and we just can't wait for that guy to get cut or get replaced, right? So I understand that. But at the same time, like, we're not in the organization. I think that's, that's very important. We're not in the organization. Like, we can – we can argue till we're blue in the face, right? We can go back and forth with one another. But once that organization makes that decision, like that's pretty much final, you know, because we will never know more than what the organization knows. We can always speculate and say, man, look, they need this, they need that. But we don't know the ins and outs. Like we're not following the team. We're not like seeing these guys coming in and out the facility. We're not seeing these guys when they need to be working out. We don't see these guys after practice like these coaches do. We don't see if these guys are putting the extra effort in. And sometimes, you know, when we see these guys, we like, man, why that guy ain't on the field? It could be one of those situations. It could be maybe Sean Payton implemented a certain game plan and that player wasn't up to snuff that week. And all of a sudden we're seeing somebody else starting this place. And we like, man, what happened? But they know a lot more than we know. And, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's good is good commentary, right? You know, it, it gives us something to talk about. But when the coaches make those decisions, they make those decisions for a reason. They make those decisions for a reason. And it, it, it can't be about, uh, you know, stubbornness because stubbornness will get you fired. I'll be ripping them. Thank you very much for $2. Says Colin hasn't shown me that he can fart and route. Uh, I don't know. I'll be ripping them. I don't know if he can fart or not, but I know that man can ball out. Okay. I don't know if he can fart out, but he can ball out. Uh, Eugene says, and fans get worked up when they don't take an LSU player every year. Well, you know, like, I guess because Eugene, people see how good those LSU players are for other teams, right? I mean, we see the Odells. We see the Jarvis Landry's. uh, You know, we see the Pat Peterson's. uh, We see the Tyron Matthews. uh, We see the Justin Jefferson's. uh, You know what I'm saying? We, We see all these different guys that come from LSU, and they make immediate impact. We see Devin White over there in Tampa. And we're like, man, these guys get a a bird's eye view of these guys every single Saturday. We know these guys can ball out. Why don't you draft them? Why are you so busy, uh, you know, paying attention to the the Midwest, you know what I'm saying, out there in Ohio all the time? Like, why we got so many Ohio State players? And no disrespect to them, those guys are ballers. But, you know, LSU players are just as good as those those, uh, Ohio State players. Some people will even say they're even better. Right. But the Saints have their own style, own flavor. I, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, looking at looking at uh, how Sean Payton moves and how Mickey Loomis move, I think a lot of their decisions are based on, uh, you know, I, I think they, they think a lot into the future and they think about like guys being close to home, uh, you know, guys being around, you know, familiar elements. Like, can their environment influence them to make bad decisions? I mean, look, it happens. Like, it happens sometimes, right? So it is what it is. Uh, I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. And if you like the State of the Saints podcast, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit the like button. Hit the subscription button. Let's go ahead and get the likes up. Uh, Really would appreciate that. Thank you all for helping to grow and, and help the show prosper. 
I really do appreciate it. And uh, the show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. It says, hey, you, do you have Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products for the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join the, the beauty contest. I'm looking out for you, too, because I also have an exclusive offer for you. And that's when I'm supposed to say that you can save 20% <laughs> by using Manscaped products. All you have to do is uh, use the promo code State of Saints. You'll save 20% on all your purchases. Go to Manscaped.com. Uh, they have really good products. I'm I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, I use their products consistently, and they do a good job. So, shouts out to Manscaped uh, for being the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Once again, make sure you use that promo code. It's all one word: State of Saints. And I also want to thank Cash App, man, for the for the month of April. Um, I'm working with Cash App uh, to promote them. Uh, you know, they are one of the number one leaders in money transfers, and also. Um, if you want to donate to the State of the Saints podcast for the month of April, uh, you can use, uh, you know, you can use the profile uh, money, the money sign State of Saints, money sign State of Saints. So if you want to donate to the State of the Saints podcast by using Cash App, it's the money sign State of Saints. All right. So thank you to Cash App and also thank you to Manscaped.com uh, for their partnerships here on the State of the Saints podcast. Yeah, we growing here, man. We got got sponsors and got good folks, you know, give us good commentary here. Uh, Cash Black says, I would trade up to to top 15 to get a quarterback or a cornerback. Well, look, I ain't wasting my time on a quarterback, especially if I, you know, I don't know what the quarterback position going to look like. All right. And, and then to me, you know, if you're not picking in the top 10, you know, I, I just don't feel like you just need to be going after no quarterback because, when you start to get like in the mid rounds, late rounds, those are like projects, right? And if you don't have a quarterback that's going to start right away, uh, why waste that pick, you know? And, and especially like when you don't know what Jameis is going to be able to do. Now, if Jameis goes out there and he's not as good, then maybe the Saints record would indicate it and they will be picking in the top 10. And maybe they could aggressively move up to try to get the next, you know, quarterback that's supposed to change uh the i guess change the fortunes of the franchise but right now i think you should be good at what you have and if you want a quarterback maybe going to those later rounds where you have a guy that's a clipboard holder and you know can learn and develop what's your thoughts about the florida quarterback i forgot his name uh kyle trask you're talking about um first of all i I think jeff duncan uh i think that's his one of his favorite quarterbacks right there shouts out to jeff duncan um I, I don't know what to think about him, man. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? All I know is uh, I, I know my history, and I know Florida quarterbacks are not good in the NFL. I, I can tell you that. You know, I, I, I've never heard of a, a good Florida quarterback. I don't know if it's just their system. I don't know if it's just the fact that, you know, they just playing with a bunch of great players around them that made them look better. But all I know is Florida quarterbacks don't pan out in the National Football League. Uh, the, I, I said it before. Uh, Jesse Palmer, uh, Chris Lee, uh, Danny Warfel, uh, Tim Tebow. I mean, the list goes on and on. There, there's not really been good quarterbacks that have come from college football that played at the University of Florida coming to the league and, and do anything. 
I mean, I, I don't think that I'm wrong by saying it. I mean, they, they do not have a good track record of good quarterbacks. I mean, I guess you can throw Cam Newton in there. I mean, he did spend a year at Florida, but he's more of an Auburn quarterback. So I, I just I just don't I just don't see it. I don't see it. Homegrown talent is something the Saints need more of. Um I guess they feel like they don't. I mean, look, <laughs> we can talk about that all we want to, but here's the thing, man. The Saints ain't suffering when it comes to talent. It, they not, you know, the Saints lose in some of the worst and most heartbreaking ways. That's true. But one thing you can say about them, they win a hell of a lot of games. And this isn't like one of those. It's not like we're talking about a team like the Jets or we're talking about a team like the Bengals or something like that. Like we're talking about the Saints, one of the most winning his teams in the last four years. Best regular season record overall out of any NFL team. So the only thing we're doing right now is 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 hoping and wishing. You know what I'm saying? Wishing that they actually draft more LSU players. Do they need to draft LSU players? Not at this particular time. Uh, would we be happy if they did? Yes, we would. But um, they ain't got to do it. They don't have to do it. It's not it, like it won't make or break them. You know what I'm saying? Like the Saints do a really good job at drafting players, getting getting free agents. We as fans, being fans of the Saints and the fans of the Tigers, we just wish that they actually draft guys. But do they do they need those guys? Like are they suffering? And we feel like, oh, if they pick this guy, make their life better. No, you know, like of course, if you draft these guys, they, they'll become you know, really good players, but the Saints don't need them like that. You know, it's just, it's just wistful thinking on our parts. Saints need another safety. Jenkins is up in age. Well, yeah, I agree with that, but I just feel like Bobby, what the Saints are right now, um, I'm pretty sure eventually uh, CD Deuce is going to like transition to a primary safety role. Uh, once, uh, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, you know, gets up there in age and they probably going to end up like putting somebody in his place, probably like a, a, a Keith Washington or something like that, like somebody like that. Or they might even draft somebody uh, to play that, that zone or that nickel, you know. So and also, you know, what I'm saying if they, they want to keep uh, CD Deuce there, you can always put P.J. Williams in a safety position. Look, I know P.J. Williams may not be everybody's favorite at corner, but at safety, he does a really good job because. You don't have to be the fastest guy on the field being a safety. And, and one thing we can't say about P.J., he can tackle. He's probably one of the best tacklers in the secondary. So I think that if you move him to safety, uh, that wouldn't be a bad move for his career and it wouldn't be a bad move for the Saints. Uh, first thing they need to do is decide to not trade up or trade back in the rounds that kills our draft every year. Uh, I, man. That, that's another thing. I, I don't agree with it. I, I don't agree with it. Um, the 2018 draft was not bad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about when they, they traded up for Davenport. That was not a bad draft. Uh, you got to keep in mind, <laughs> they traded up. They traded up in the third round to get who? Alvin Kamara, right? So come on, man. Like, those, weren't, those were not bad moves right there, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, they traded up in the first round in order to get Mark Ingram. They traded back into the first round to get Mark Ingram. So 
for us to say that it kills them, I disagree. The only draft that I just think was just absolutely slow was the 2015 draft. Like, that was just god-awful. Like, there's not a player on this team that was a part of that 2016 draft. Like, that was awful. Like, that was probably the worst draft class I think the Saints ever had to me. Like, from – I mean, Brandon Cooks was straight, but everything else after Brandon Cooks was just straight slow, cold slow. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, wouldn't, it wasn't very good. All right, so they do a really good job, man, with the trade-ups and stuff like that. Because, like I said, they traded up, they got Alvin Kamara. They traded up, they got Mark Ingram. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it remains to be seen with the Davenport trade-up. Uh, you know, they traded – I, I want to say they – I think they, they aggressively, you know what I'm saying, made some moves in order for them to, like, come back into the third round or something like that in order for them to get Troutman or, you know, something like that, man. But, I mean, they 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 – they, you know what I'm saying, they make moves, they make trades and stuff like that in order for them to get extra picks, and they, they utilize it, and it's smart, you know. So I, I can't say them trading up has been a bad thing. It, it's been it's been pretty good. Manscaped, thank you very much for the $2, says I'll be uh, smooth and need. <laughs> well, we know what you're saying. I'm not going to say it, but, yeah, you be smoothing people out. Thank you very much for the $2, Manscaped. I appreciate that. Marshawn Lattimore's status, is he going to be all right? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some level of discipline um, that's going to come down on him. We know they ain't going to take this line down. You know, it's still early in the offseason, so they'll figure it out. I'm pretty sure he's going to miss probably no more than two games. Unfortunately for us, Newsom stock has been rising. Uh, yeah, well, it happens, man. But I, I, I trust the, the coaching staff, the scout team, and maybe that's one of the main reasons why, you know, they start looking at some of these other players too. Sean going to pick Najee Harris at 28. If he do, you know, wouldn't be a smart move, but wouldn't be the worst move I've ever seen. Uh, what do you think about uh, Jason Owe uh, out of Penn, Penn State? Uh, I think the dude ran a fast 40, and that's about it. Um, I'm not in love with it. I think that Parsons is better than he is. Uh, I feel like – um. I feel like, you know, we can't take a uh, take away from that. I think sometimes we get so caught up in in the combine uh, that we feel like, oh, man, you know what I'm saying, this guy running fast and this guy bench pressing this. But like Mike Dettelier said, man, it's not like you're about to bring uh, a weight bench with 225 pounds in the middle of the field in the middle of a game or something like that. Or it's not like, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, like you're about to race the wide receiver or something like that. Like if you were doing stuff like that, then pick them. But can you ball? You know what I'm saying? Like, can can he ball out? I mean, he, he wasn't coming off my screen. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't coming off my screen. Like, his measurables are outstanding. But we've we seen this before, man. Like, we've seen guys train year in, year out for the combine, uh, look like Tarzan, but play like Jane. You know what I'm saying? Like, no disrespect to my ladies out there. I'm pretty sure they got some great players, but that's just a saying. That's what people say. Look, look like Tarzan. Look like Tarzan, play like Jane. So can you ball out? Like you can look all swole, cotton diesel. Um, I don't know if some of y'all probably seen, you know, a video of the fight in Walmart. You know what I'm saying? When that six foot seven, 330 pound dude, you know what I'm saying, in Walmart talking mad noise, you know what I'm saying? A, a, a dude that was much smaller than he was in stature, knocked him out. You know what I'm saying? So size don't always tell the story. You know what I'm saying? You can look at physically imposing. You can do physically imposing things. 
But at the end of the day, like, can you ball? Like, do you have the tools to get the job done? And I, I haven't seen it. I just seen the fact that he ran a, or he ran like a four three four four or something like that. Well, when you run a four three in a forty time, your stock will rise. Yeah, but can you catch? Right? I, who, who's who am I thinking about right now? Somebody help me out. Uh, Darius Haywood Bay. Y'all remember that when Darius Haywood Bay uh, got drafted in front of Michael Crabtree? You know, in that draft because I think uh, Darius Hayward Bay ran like a four two and and um, Al Davis ended up drafting him just because he ran that fast forty time. But somebody please tell me what Darius Hayward Bay did when he was in the National Football League. You know, he didn't do much. Now he he was a he was a lifer. He played like probably like nine ten years in the National Football League, but he wasn't a guy. I mean, that you would be talking about later on down the line you know, as being one of the top players of all time. I think he got picked at like ninth or eighth or something like that. So it don't always tell the story, man. It don't always tell the story. I want a guy that can ball out, you know. Rashad Bateman can ball. Yeah, absolutely. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Yeah, he definitely can ball. Like, I like him a lot, man. Um, I think he has a lot of talent. You know, he, he reminds me of A.J. Green. He's an A.J. Green type player to me. Like, he's really good. Good route runner, good solid hands, uh, physical, you know. I like that. Uh, if ETN is there in the second, the Saints have definitely be worth the trade up. Uh, yeah, ETN uh, is a good running back. He's a guy that can run in between the tackles, but uh, he, he, he needs to work on his pass protection. And that's one of the main reasons why he didn't come out last year. Everybody thought that he was going to come out uh, in last year's draft, but he, he struggled in pass protection. And, and I've I seen a little bit of improvement, but I haven't seen enough improvement. Uh, he's, a, he's a good, solid, physical running back, but you got to be able to pass protect, especially like on third down and stuff like that. You can't be having those linebackers running you over like that. So ETN, I feel like if he was a better in pass protection, he would possibly be a first-round draft pick. But he, he got to work on some things. Bay should have been a track guy and not a football player. Uh, no route running ability. Yeah, he was just fast, straight line speed. I mean, what, he was a second team all ACC or something like that? He wasn't even a first team, which, you know, a lot of people are like, man, what, why would they do this? We traded up for Tommy Stevens, and now he's in Carolina trying to be Taysom Hill. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but I, don't, I don't think it was like – I don't think it was no harm, no foul on that. I mean, I think the Saints – I mean, look, they got additional uh, third round picks. So I, I don't think that the Saints are losing any sleep. Dalton says Henry Ruggs got drafted before Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb because Henry Ruggs almost broke John Ross' 40 yard dash in combine. And can you say that Henry Ruggs was better than any one of those guys? I, I feel if, in this order, I feel like it was CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy didn't have nobody to throw it to. I mean, nobody to throw him the ball. And Henry Ruggs will probably be second. C.D. Lamb was first. But if Jerry Judy probably had a decent quarterback, he would be second over Henry Ruggs. You know, the only thing Henry Ruggs can do is just take the top off the defense. He's a smaller guy, uh, you know, and he fast. But, you know, I mean, you go up against one of those corners that's uh, much larger in size. I mean, he can break it. They can break you down. So. I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't feel like 40 yard dashes should decide like what type of player you're gonna be. 
But in this case, this, you know, these, these uh, GMs and uh, these coaches fall in love with the 40 time. We need an Armstead project replacement for the future. Yeah, next year, but I don't think this year. I don't think this year you need to be addressing that. If, if now, if is he's available late, like I mean, you did find Armstead late, you know what I'm saying? So if you can find like a guy like that late in the draft, then by all means draft him. But I don't feel like that's an immediate need right now. But going into next year's draft, I think you should be looking at his replacement. Uh, Devontae Smith trade up for him. I don't feel like it's necessary in the first round to get a wide receiver. I don't. I, I really don't. I, I don't feel like it's necessary. I feel like this is a pretty deep wide receiver draft. Now, it's not as deep as it was last year, but it's still a pretty deep draft where you can get a guy at the wide receiver position late that can be a contributor to your team. Skylar Green uh, was greased lightning, but couldn't field those kicks in Dallas. Yeah, Skylar Green was special at LSU. Um, you know, let me go back to this. Yeah, he was special at LSU. You know, I, I remember, you know, watching him play, you know, when he was in, in high school. You know, that guy was that guy was, man, super fast. And he was like really talented, man. Like, but you know, when you go to the NFL and that ball hanging a little bit higher, you know, like in college, you know, the ball ain't hanging up as high as it can. You probably don't have like those all pro punters. You know, those guys that can put the ball in the air for like four to five seconds. But in the NFL, man, you got to be able to feel them. And if you can't, you're going to be on the outside looking in. Armstead got bad arms. Irony, TJ. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, nothing that I seen last year indicated that uh, Teron Armstead had any sign of slowing down. If you don't believe me, go ask that cornerback. That, that <laughs> for the Minnesota Vikings that he blocked all the way to the popcorn stand. I think we should draft wide receivers in the third round, but need receivers can play in the slot. Uh, look, I think we need a player that can do both, you know, play on the outside as well as the inside. Uh, I do feel like the Saints need that veteran. I'm still lobbying for Golden Tate until he gets signed. Uh, I would like to see the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, sign somebody like Golden Tate that can help him in third down situations. But enough of this, this role-playing type stuff. You know, let's get guys that can be multifaceted. So that way, if somebody goes down and you have an issue like you did with Michael Thomas, uh, you have a guy that can step in and that can pick up the slack. Uh, I just feel like when you have guys that are almost like cogs on a wheel, right, uh, 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 little pieces, you know what I'm saying, to, to a puzzle, and that they only are designed to fit that particular spot. I feel like it's a recipe for disaster. Now, you need those system guys to be able to do certain things, but I do feel like you need to get guys that can do both, okay? For example, the cornerback position. I feel like the Saints suffer because they get a guy that mostly plays slot, right? And if somebody gets hurt on the outside, like a Lattimore or last year or Jenkins, you have zone and nickel corners playing on the outside, and that's not their element. But if you get a guy that can actually play both positions, then you have yourself something special. I, I feel like you need to train your, your wide receivers and or draft your wide receivers with that same mind frame. What players would you trade up for? Uh, man, like I said, the only person I would trade up for to me is Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins would be the only player that I would, in the first round that I would trade up for. And it depends on like if – Greg Newsom is still out there in the late 20s. I would say if he's like 20, 
no more, no more than 23. Okay. If he's at, like, you think that a, a team at 23 is going to get him and you're in love with him, move up. But Xavier Collins is the only person I would say, if you at 28, you want to move up to the teens to get him. I would be a fan of that. Anybody else. I feel like you can find another guy that can do what you need them to do. I'm going to read a few more, and then we're going to get up out of here, folks. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Donald says, Golden Tate still uh, got a lot left in the tank. Yeah, Donald, he does. You know, and like I said, he's a he's a physical, physical guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he, he's a physical, physical guy. He's a, he's, a, he's a guy that I know for a fact is going to give it everything that he has. And, and he's like, to me, he's like, I won't say he's Steve Smith, but he's like on that on that level with a Steve Smith. He reminds me, I won't call him a poor man Steve Smith, but he's probably a level down from a Steve Smith. Or he's a he's similar to a Steve Smith style player. Like he he's a guy that, you know, he plays with a lot of uh, athletic arrogance. You know, he's a guy that, you know, is not afraid of the moment. He's not a go, afraid to go out there and, and catch that pass. He's not afraid to, you know, get his hands dirty. And those are the type of players that you want on the team. And finally, uh, we have Cross. Uh, uh, Yannick says Cross for the same, but his upside is crazy. If both Newsom and Fairley are still there, uh, I'm taking Newsom though. Yeah, I mean, I just think that I think that uh, Greg Newsom would be a good fit. Hey, TJ, are you and your nephew doing something for uh, for Mania? Uh. I don't know. I got to get with him, man. He uh, joined the football team. Uh, so I don't know what his schedule is looking like now. I know he's practicing and stuff like that. I don't know, you know, if we're going to be able to, you know, do a show or not, but i definitely feel like we're going to be doing a show after uh, WrestleMania to talk about it. Uh, we did a prediction show already about who we feel like was going to win. So we might have like an aftermath show on WrestleMania. Uh, I, I, I was able to watch the hall of fame last night. Um, thought that was pretty dope, you know, to, to see like so many of those uh, superstars that I remember in a prime, like going to the Hall of Fame, just made me feel real, real old. But yeah, TJ, linebacker and corners are a must for the Saints right now. Yeah, cornerback is first and, and linebacker is the second. But I want to say thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, making the State of the Saints podcast one of the the top Saints podcast on YouTube, as well as other streaming apps. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you have not already, go ahead and hit that like button. Let everybody know that you enjoyed the show. Also, if you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscription button. And hit that bell for notifications. Also, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And once again, the show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word, State of Saints and you will save 20% on your purchase, okay? So no matter if the purchase is $100 or is it 6 or $7, use that promo code, you'll get 20% off of your purchase. And for all my international listeners out there, there's also free international shipping. Thank you all so much. You take care. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>